Is Bitcoin legal in Panama? 150 million US dollars worth of Ethereum are burnt on the weekend and Solana goes down again. That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In today's episode, we will talk about Bitcoin. We will talk about Ethereum not directly about Ethereum, but more indirectly because there have been some interesting happenings over the weekend. Then we will talk about Solana. And very interestingly, if you're trading on Swissquote, you now have the possibility to trade Axie Infinity. The play to earn network is tradable now. But let's jump right into Bitcoin and kind of major news stories about Bitcoin. And of course, we have to talk about Warren Buffett's statement. Now, Warren Buffett has given in a conference regarding Berkshire Hathaway, of course, once again, a statement that he's not really a fan of Bitcoin. The audience had, has had the opportunity to ask him and Charlie Munger some questions, not directly about Bitcoin, but of course, also about Bitcoin. And when someone asked him what he thought now about Bitcoin, now that some states recognize it as, as legal tender, other companies have even Bitcoins in their books. He said, if you would tell me you have all the Bitcoin in the world and you would give it to me for 25 US dollars, I wouldn't take it because he's saying Bitcoin doesn't generate anything in return. It's not a productive asset. He even makes the example of saying if he owns farmland, the farmland is producing something like food and, and all of these things. If he owns apartments, these apartments are producing rent. And he's even going so far to tell that if he had all the Bitcoin in the world, he would have to find a new person to sell the Bitcoin to because, again, Bitcoin doesn't produce anything. Now, looking at this statement and coming from Warren Buffett, I'm not really surprised. On one side, you have an investor, uh, let's call him an old school investor, who has made all his money and his fortune in the old world. He, of course, doesn't need Bitcoin and the new financial system because he's not dependent on it. He has made his billions by investing into kind of valued stocks, valued companies that produce something that is very tangible for him. Now, Bitcoin, or let's say even technology companies in general, was never Warren Buffett's strength. If we look at his investment kind of cycle and in his investments from the past even 20 years, he hasn't invested into bigger technology companies, with the exception, of course, of Apple. So he missed the entire com boom he missed the entire web 2.0 run so he hasn't invested into facebook and he hasn't invested into google and so on and so forth but of course he invested into apple so i would say warren buffett is not really kind of the right person to ask and understand when it comes to technologies such as bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies at the same time and that was quite interesting on Twitter, of course, the community wasn't such a big fan of this statement. Mark Andreessen, the founder of Andreessen Horowitz, a VC company out of Silicon Valley, is saying it's so wild. He says this stuff while nakedly shilling diabetes. And he's, of course, referring to the candy 
boxes here on top that you can see. So different types of candies in which, of course, in the companies he's also invested in. Also, Elon Musk is commenting, saying, haha, he says Bitcoin so many times for the fact, of course, that he doesn't like it. And even if we go down, we can see Michael Saylor saying everyone can't stop about talking about Bitcoin. And talking about Michael Saylor, also quite interesting here. CNBC has gotten an interview with Michael Saylor talking, of course, about MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor and MacroStrategy, the second company investing into Bitcoin. And very interestingly, he's saying we're kind of like your non-existent spot ETF. And he's, of course, referring to MicroStrategy, which in, is investing into Bitcoin kind of on the side. So he's saying that while there is no spot ETF to invest in, you can technically invest into MicroStrategy, which is a software company that generates cash flow. So we convert our cash flows into Bitcoin. He's even saying if it were a spot ETF, you would have to pay a 1% fee. And with MicroStrategy, you don't have to do that because MicroStrategy is just a normal stock you can, of course, invest in. And for Michael Saylor, this model works out really well. He's even continuing and saying, we generate cash flows. We think that the responsible thing to do for our shareholders is we convert currency, which is devaluing into an asset, which is appreciating. And that, of course, makes sense from his perspective. But it, the question is whether it makes sense from a stock investor's perspective, because the stock investor, of course, wants to invest into MicroStrategy, the company that is producing, the software company that is producing software, but not really into Bitcoin, which may some people may not like. But for MicroStrategy and Michael Saylor, this strategy has kind of worked really, really well. He's even going further and saying, if you want to be 2% exposed to Bitcoin, you would put 2% of your portfolio into MicroStrategy and the other 98% of your portfolio. You can invest into whatever you want. So Michael Saylor keeps being a Bitcoin bull. And maybe he's even right, because if we jump to Panama, the macro looks on Bitcoin are actually not too bad. Now, some news stories have mentioned that Panama has recognized Bitcoin as legal tender. That is, of course, not correct. It is not legal tender, but digital assets are now exempt from capital gains tax. Panamian congressman Gabriel Silva has went on Thursday onto social media, Twitter and so on. And he even talked about the long history of the US dollar in Panama and saying that probably this is not a possibility in the near future because Panama has had such a good relationship with the US and with the US dollar, of course. However, what is quite interesting is that the law is treating crypto assets as foreign source income, which in Panama, accordance to with Panama's territorial taxation system, means no taxes on capital gains. And that might even be better for a lot of investors who are either setting up shop in Panama or thinking about moving to Panama and still uh, have their Bitcoins. So Panama could be quite an interesting spot. And I do believe a lot of countries will make similar moves to Panama. They will probably change their laws and taxes in such a way that it is probably ex being exempt from capital gains tax. And that, of course, will attract new 
new crypto investors. Now jumping into the chart, we can see the following. And if we zoom out here, you do remember the kind of shorter range and the bigger range I've drawn in the last couple of weeks. Trading this range has been quite profitable if you have kind of adhered to the range rules. And again, even in the last couple of days, especially on 1st May, we can see here like the touch and go was just perfect with the 78.6% Fibonacci. So around 37, 388 US dollars, which we can see here, and it has gone up since. So are we in the clear yet? And can we even trade this range? I would say for the moment, yes, we can trade this range. Even if we wanted to trade a further range, we can even draw the line between 32.9 and 50k now of course this is a big of a bigger line so you can actually uh, draw it a bit closer to the 48,000 if you wanted to trade this quite interesting again of course the bottom zone for me around 28 to 29,000 us dollars jumping into ethereum and showing you this picture even without a comment or maybe let me read the title ethereum daily burnt tokens approximation and we can see here in august in august 2021 of course since eip 1559 i talked about this many times in this format but also on the swiss code blog and you can see here kind of the ethereum tokens burned are pretty much here going more or less hand in hand of course with the correction bit the numbers have gone down but what we can see here is an extreme spike into the 65,000 Ethereum token numbers. And what was the reason for that? Very simple. There was a big, big, big NFT launch this weekend, especially going from Saturday night to Sunday morning. There was the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT land sale. So other side is the metaverse that they call it has released other deeds. So virtual land plots, you were able to plot, to mint, to buy, to sell. And these were sold for an approximate of 2.5 ETH. And of course, only 55,000 pieces of land were available. So all the people who were really banking on getting Getting a piece of land, of course, had to get into a gas war. A gas war essentially happens if the demand is super, super high, but of course, supply is limited and everyone wants to be for first. So a lot of people up the gas amounts and gas just increases and increases and increases. What is the consequence of this? Exactly what you can see here in the chart. The Ethereum gas fees were so high that some people paid up to 20,000 US dollars just in gas fee to actually be able to get one part of this virtual land. Now, why would you do such a thing? Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collection is one of the most successful NFT collections out there. And of course, with its around 120 ETH floor, it is, of course, a six figure asset. Now, looking at this chart, we can also see quite interestingly, other deed has very clearly led the leaderboard in the last seven days. 55,000 Ethereum were burned. So around 150 million US dollar equivalent has been burned in terms of gas fees. Now, this is, of course, uh, brought in a lot of critique. A lot of people said, well, you could have just changed the dynamics of how to get to these NFTs. 
while other people have lost a lot of gas in terms of ETH. Um, but other deed was perfectly fine with this whole process and we can even see OpenSea is here on the second line so OpenSea of course the biggest NFT marketplace with 7000 Ethereum here and we can see here even if we jump here back we can see it's around 65,000 and that of course is not just other deeds um, project but also of course the kind of accumulation of OpenSea, Uniswap, ANS, ApeCoin and so on and so forth. Now, the biggest question, of course, is was Ethereum the right chain for this? The biggest counter question, of course, is what would have been the better chain in this case? We will jump into Solana in a few seconds, but Yuga Labs, the creators of the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT collection, even came out and said, we're sorry for turning off the lights on Ethereum for a while. It seems abundantly clear that ApeCoin, their own coin in which the whole sale was organized, will need to migrate to its own chain in order to properly scale. We'd like to encourage the DAO to start thinking in this direction. So an Ethereum killer, an Ethereum alternative coming from Yuga Labs, is this even a possibility? And you shouldn't forget Yuga Labs has just raised 450 million US dollars. The other deed, so this virtual land sale has brought in another two to 300 million US dollars in revenue. So this is quite an interesting situation because you have a company that is generating two, three figure million dollars in revenue and it is just one year old and is even trying to bring up an alternative for Ethereum. Now let's jump into the Ethereum chart and see what we can see here. Of course, the range has been kind of drawn a bit further here compared to Bitcoin. But what is really interesting to me is this trend line here. The trend line, which of course is being invalidated by some wicks, depending on which chart you're looking at. But here for me, this trend line is still in play. So quite interestingly, and I still believe midterm to long-term Ethereum is going to be a very, very good trade. Now, before I jump into the next news story, let me jump back to the Warren Buffett news story, because here someone is even saying, well, Warren Buffett is thinking that crypto is valued at nothing. And the funny thing is because he has literally no clue that one customer has just paid $150 million in order to use the software of Ethereum for two hours. And this is exactly what this person is referring to, of course, this other deed sale that has happened at the night between Saturday and Sunday essentially showed how the Ethereum network, while slowed down and while being super expensive, has still not gone down. So it was still used. A lot of people used it. A lot of people interacted three figure million dollar uh, worth of assets on the network. And if you don't believe that this network has any worth, I'm not sure what to tell you. Let's talk about network worth, of course, Solana. A big news story on Solana happened as well on Saturday, but again in the evening, the seventh outage in 2022. The Solana network has gone down for seven hours starting Saturday 8 p.m. Up until 3 a.m. in the morning, the network was not reachable, transactions were stuck, and transactions were failing left and right. 
What was the reason? And of course, again, here as well, NFTs. The NFTs on Solana are also very, very popular and the Solana network, or rather the Metaplex software, has had a feature built in that allowed essentially the bots, so programmatically uh, programmed kind of algorithms to mint, so to create NFTs out of different collections. In this case, it was the Metaplex Candy Machine program, which has generated a specific amount of NFTs. And the bot actually caused 4 million transactions per second on the Solana network. And that then left the validators with an invalid or rather with an inf defunct network. Now, what is the solution here? Metaplex is saying, well, we are aware of the problem and the pro program caused this. So essentially what we will do is we will introduce a 0.01 Solana penalty fee, which will be collected when a wallet attempts to complete an invalid transaction. And that is typically done by bots that are blindly trying to mint. So what we can see here is already the kind of the code change so that's the beauty of program programmable money essentially you can see in red the lines that will be removed and in green the lines that will be introduced to the metaplex candy machine now interestingly again solana status here has said as validator operators successfully completed a cluster restart. Now, what does that mean? Essentially, all the validators had to restart their system, sometimes even had to have an upgrade in some validators case, and that after a seven hour outage. Now, the community wasn't really happy with this, of course, and Solana has gotten a lot of kind of, um, yeah, shame from, from the uh, crypto Twitter community. A lot of people said, well, we thought you are the visa of the crypto ecosystem. Why can the visa of the crypto ecosystem just go down for a seventh time in 2022 and that for seven hours? And that, of course, then makes the comparison to Ethereum quite interesting because on one side you have a network that is extremely expensive, extremely slow when it's being used heavily, but it hasn't gone down. And on the other side, you have a network that is very cheap, very fast, but it tends to go down quite quickly. What's the best solution here? In my opinion, it's still going to to be Ethereum with the merge and with the move to proof of stake and to newer scalability solutions that are being built on Ethereum. What has that meant for the chart? Essentially, the chart has of course corrected after people found out about this outage. It hasn't touched my kind of interest zone of around 70 US dollars here that I've drawn here has even bounced back a little bit. But for me, until Solana gets kind of rid of their technical issues, it is not an investable asset for me at this stage. Now let's jump into the next coin. And of course, we will jump into the newest coin that you can trade on Swiss code, Axie Infinity, play to earn network that is really, really popular also amongst young players, but also in different countries around the world, very, very popular in the Philippines as well. But we, before we jump into a positive news story, let's first start with this negative one. So the FBI is saying that the 
North Korean hacker group, the Lazarus group, is behind the Ronin hack that happened a couple of weeks ago. And I have talked about this Ronin hack. It's essentially a bridge bridging two blockchains together. And it's the blockchain that powers the Axie Infinity ecosystem. And 625 million US dollars worth of assets have been stolen. And since then, a lot of, of these hackers are trying to move the money, are trying to launder the money using services like like Tornado Cash. Now the FBI has identified this group as the Lazarus hacker group from North Korea, has even given out kind of a blacklist or kind of the specific wallet addresses that are being put on lists by Tornado Cash and different centralized exchanges. But now let's jump into a more positive news regarding Axie Infinity because the reason why Axie Infinity has risen so much in the last couple of years and we can see here like from the 50 cent line around 56 cents around is the absolute top here at 166 US dollars. So an absolute uh, major trade in the last couple of years but it has since retraced in a major way Back. Now, what was the reason? Again, it is because the active player amount on the network. And what we can see here is if we look at the active players daily, essentially starting from June, there has never been a specific date where the daily active numbers have gone down with the exception of the last 30 days. There, there was a correction of around 100,000 users that are less on the network since essentially January. So since January, which marked the absolute top in terms of active players per month and per day, we can see that the numbers have actually gone down significantly. Of course, it's still very, very high, but at the same time, it is probably the chart, the chart correction that has caused this. So since the chart is corrected, a lot of people felt that it wasn't profitable to play it anymore. So they have left playing the game and then the price even corrected further because these people started selling. So quite an interesting phenomenon that we see here. In my opinion, play to earn has a future. I'm not completely sure how this future will look and whether Axie Infinity can recover. In my opinion, this right now at around 30 US dollars at the super, super important line, the next kind of bigger support line would be 13.6 US dollars. So this is what I've drawn here. So if you want to make kind of another entry into the play to earn ecosystem that is called Axie Infinity, this, in my opinion, could be an interesting trade. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Make sure that you subscribe to this channel and I will see you on the next one.